Welcome to the Internet Educational Activity entitled Advancing the Pharmacy Team, Innovative Roles for PTCB Certified Pharmacy Technicians. This activity was developed by ASHP Advantage. It was presented live during the 44th ASHP Mid-Year Clinical Meeting and Exhibition on December 7, 2009 in Las Vegas, Nevada. This activity is provided free of charge and it is available from March 1, 2010 through August 31, 2011. It is supported by an educational grant from the Pharmacy Technician Certification Board. This continuing pharmacy education activity was planned to meet the needs of pharmacy technicians and pharmacists who are interested in learning more about expanding roles for pharmacy technicians, training, certification, and the evolution and future of regulation of pharmacy technicians. ASHP is accredited by the Accreditation Council for Pharmacy Education as a provider of continuing pharmacy education. This activity provides two hours of continuing pharmacy education credit. The estimated time to complete this activity is two hours. Its ACPE Universal Activity Number is 204-000-09-201-H04P. And for pharmacy technicians, 204-000-09-201-H04T. This activity consists of three audio segments, a post-test, and post-activity evaluation. An optional handout containing continuing pharmacy education information, slides, references, and post-test questions is available at www.ashpadvantage.com forward slash podcasts. Participants must listen to the entire activity and then take the activity post-test and complete the post-activity evaluation online to receive continuing pharmacy education credit. A minimum score of 70% is required on the test for credit to be awarded. Participants may print their official statement of CPE credit immediately. In accordance with the Accreditation Council for Continuing Medical Educations and the Accreditation Council for Pharmacy Education's Standards for Commercial Support, ASHP Advantage requires that all individuals involved in the development of activity content disclose their relevant financial relationships and that conflicts of interest be identified and resolved prior to delivery of the activity. After participating in this knowledge-based activity, participants should be able to describe innovative opportunities for Pharmacy Technician Certification Board, PTCB, certified technicians to assist the health system pharmacy team, discuss the role of certified pharmacy technicians in freeing up pharmacists for clinical activities, describe the importance of including pharmacy technicians in medication safety, quality assurance programs, and information technology implementations, and explain the importance of pharmacy technician education, training, and certification in obtaining innovative positions. This activity consists of three segments. This segment, entitled Innovative Pharmacy Technician Roles in Action, is approximately 30 minutes and is presented by Raoul Daniels, PharmD, MS. Dr. Daniels is Director of Pharmacy at UNC Hospitals and Clinics in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. He declared that he has no relationships pertinent to this activity. The second segment, entitled Case Study, a Tech Check Tech Pilot Study in an Academic Medical Center, is approximately 30 minutes and is presented by Beth S. Williams, PharmD, MS. The third segment, entitled Trained, Tested, and Trusted, PTCB Update, 
is approximately 30 minutes and is presented by Miriam Mobley, PharmD. Dr. Mobley is Associate Dean of the Chicago State University College of Pharmacy. The activity planner, Elizabeth Reel, declared that she has no relationships pertinent to this activity. To complete the activity post-test, go to the ASHP Learning Center at http colon slash slash ce.ashp.org. Participants should claim continuing pharmacy education credit for this activity only if they have not claimed credit for the live symposium. Thank you for participating in this educational activity. My name is Marlene Lamnin, and I'm the program director for uh, the Pharmacy Technology Program in San Leandro, California for Western Career College. And it's my honor to serve as your moderator today. I am also the current president of TCB Certification Council. This program, as the title suggests, talks about roles for the pharmacy technician besides the standard uh, things that we've all learned and do every day, but there are some exciting job opportunities out there, and the profession is growing, and not only because there's been a pharmacist shortage, but because we have career technicians who deserve a, to have a job ladder as well and who have the skills to do many other things. And our speaker is Raul Daniels, Dr. Daniels, Director of Pharmacy at the University of North Carolina Hospitals and Clinics in Chapel Hill. Thank you all. Technicians have uh, always been an essential part of the activities that occur at our hospital, and I'll describe some, several of these innovative roles today. Our learning objectives today are to describe innovative opportunities, discuss the role of certified pharmacy technicians, describe the importance of including pharmacy technicians in various activities, and to explain the importance uh, pharmacy technician education training and certification in obtaining innovative positions. Just what are the common skills needed for advanced pharmacy technician roles? Are they strong computer literacy, ability to multitask, ability to work with frequent interruptions, strong communication skills, all of the above? A study conducted by Fung and others published in 2006 titled Non-Traditional Roles for Certified Pharmacy Technicians in a Pharmaceutical Company really looked at this topic. And they found in that article that they observed that certified pharmacy technicians possessed all four of these ideal skill sets. And today I intend to reinforce these points. A little bit about our hospital. I have here a picture of our brand new North Carolina cancer hospital that opened up in August of this year, 2009. UNC Hospitals and Clinics was founded in 1952. On our main campus, we have five hospitals, an adult internal medicine hospital, a women's hospital, a children's hospital, a neuroscientist hospital, and the, the cancer hospital that I have pictured here. We're about 750 beds, and by the end of 2010, we'll be around 800 beds. Our department is comprised of 230 FTEs, and that, is, uh, that includes 90 pharmacists, uh, around 90 technicians, and we're very fortunate to have about 19 pharmacy residents at our organization. We have a decentralized pharmacist practice model, and we utilize automated dispensing cabinetry as our primary drug distribution process. We utilize centralized support for first doses and cabinetry refill. We're also very fortunate to have the number two school of pharmacy in the United States on our campus, and that's the UNC Eshelman School of Pharmacy. Uh, before we get started, I'd like to assess who's present in our audience. All right, so it looks like the, the majority of the individuals in here are 
pharmacy managers, and then we have uh, probably an equal number of certified technicians. At UNC, we've been actively pursuing advanced roles for pharmacy technicians, uh, certified pharmacy technicians for decades. And today I'm proud to share many of these roles with you. It's our belief and really our, our practice philosophy that the utilization of certified technicians is a critical factor in the advancement of pharmacy services. And I'm not talking just about operational services. I'm also talking about clinical services, the advancement of very important clinical services. So as a result, we've developed numerous roles in our hospital uh, in which the certification is really a prerequisite. And I'll talk about most of these today. I'll begin our overview with a view of our emergency department technicians. And as with many hospitals, we at UNC have also struggled with mechanisms to improve the medication reconciliation process. And I know that in many hospitals, pharmacists and nurses have really been the ones that have been delegated ownership to make sure that this process works. And at UNC, it's been the expectation of our medical staff leadership that our physicians own the actual act of reconciliation. Um, however, as everyone knows, if you don't have a clean medication list to begin with, it's really hard to reconcile uh, an outpatient list with, a, with an inpatient list. In many cases, collecting the history is actually where the, most of the time comes from in this whole process. And when you get to reconciling, it's actually easier once you have a clean medication list. So in 2007, we were actually approached by our chief of the medical staff to provide assistance in collecting medication histories so that the reconciliation step was much easier for the medical staff. I know that everyone is familiar with this Joint Commission uh, National Patient Safety Goal number 8. Uh, we, of course, wanted to help in this process, but we wanted to help in the best way possible with the appropriate resources. We knew that certified pharmacy technicians really were the right candidates for this type of work. And we also didn't feel that we could take on all the sources of patient admission histories. We really wanted to focus our time in the emergency department. And uh, that's where a large number of our admissions come from in the first place, so we wanted to concentrate our efforts in one single location. So at that time, we had a, a couple of open pharmacist positions. We asked hospital leadership if we could convert those two pharmacist positions into five pharmacy technician positions, and that request was approved. Today, our emergency department technicians really are seen as a, a critical component of the emergency department team. And with the resources we have, our techs are available 24 by 7 for, for most days of the week, except with the exception of one to two hours here and there. Uh, we, are cap we are able to capture about 90% of all admissions and do med histories for about 90% of all admissions coming into the hospital through the emergency department. The techs are available for other functions in, in addition to histories such as general troubleshooting of pharmacy services, but really for the most part we try to keep them focused on medication histories. As far as a reporting structure, these technicians report to a pharmacy clinical manager, who's a pharmacist, but on a daily basis they're, they're largely unsupervised and they have a great deal of autonomy. However, they, they are very highly accountable to the nurses and the physicians in the emergency department. Certified technicians really have become a vital part of extending pharmacy services at UNC through our emergency department. All the technicians in the emergency department have several years of experience, and a couple of them are actually bilingual, and, which is very helpful to us because we have a very large Hispanic population that we serve. Uh, many times I think we're guilty as pharmacists of thinking that uh, pharmacists are always the first choice when you're creating new services. I really don't think this would have been a good use of pharmacists for us at our organization. I think it's critical that, that we as a profession really think about advancing the uses of our, our technicians so that we can continue to practice at the very highest levels as pharmacists. Now, being pharmacists, I mean, it's hard to let go of things. And uh, 
I'm proud to say that we, we didn't start a pharmacist in this role and that we chose to go with a technician instead. And our technicians have done a fantastic job in this role. Now, this screen shows how allergies are documented by technicians. Now, for many years, UNC has been developing a homegrown electronic health record, and, and this is a representative sample of it. Other than inpatient orders, all physician documentation occurs through this system here, and this includes allergies and outpatient medications. Our emergency department technicians conduct all their work through this system as well. Knowing that documentation provided by our ED techs are going straight into the health record, that of course raised a lot of concerns early on. And so we were very methodical in our process of implementation of this system. Prior to implementing the service, several of our pharmacists spent extensive time upfront training these techs on how to search for and validate uh, medication information being provided by patients or their caregivers. We also spent time observing the technicians while they conducted patient interviews to provide feedback to the technicians to ensure the quality of their work and to make sure that, that we're optimizing our time with the patient. Initially, all their work was documented on paper and reviewed by a pharmacist prior to it being entered into the electronic health record. And early on, we actually validated what was transcribed into the electronic health record as well. But at this point, fast forward a couple of years, they, they really are working independent without any pharmacist oversight. In this next screen, uh, you'll see an example of our medication history that was performed by a technician. At the top of this screen, there's a documentation that shows uh, which technician entered the medication history, and it also validates, it states that they're a pharmacy technician. That was important to us so that we showed to the medical staff that a non-licensed individual was documenting this information, so that the physician has to use their best judgment in, in reviewing that information, using it to make patient care decisions. We constantly find problems with our outpatient med list, and our, our technicians are really credited for um, providing quality information to our medical staff. So the last consideration in all this was price. Uh, we not only wanted to do what was right, it was nice to demonstrate to the hospital that there was a cost-efficient manner in which to do so. If you're looking for a way to make a case to your CFO um, or some hospital administrator, this is simple math. Um, and if you fast forward two years from 2007 to 2009 now, this program has been wildly successful with the medical staff. And at this point, the ED techs are really seen as a part of the ED team. You know, one thing that's interesting to note is assuming the patient visit is appropriate, there are actually many times where the team won't go see the patient until our technician has actually seen the patient first because they know they're going to get a clear picture of, at least on the medication side, what's going on with the patients. So we take that as a very good sign that we've had a very positive experience with this program. We faced a few challenges along the way. We've now gotten very good at networking with unit clerks, nurses, and physicians to really know what types of patients are coming into the ED so that we can most efficiently interact with these patients. We've also provided all the technicians with wireless tablet PCs so that they can be mobile. And for those times where we need some desk space, the emergency department's been very helpful to create space for us. We've done other things to provide technicians uh, with tools such as a list of all the North Carolina pharmacies so that they can actively go out and call these pharmacies to validate the information that they're receiving from their patients. We've not only spent time educating our, our pharmacy technicians, but we've also spent time talking to physicians, nurses, and our own pharmacy staff about the roles of these individuals so they can maximize the use of these technicians being the eyes and ears down in the emergency department. So I really feel that through this type of position, we have advanced the role of the certified pharmacy technician. We've increased the level of awareness of other medical professions as to what these individuals are capable of doing. We've preserved pharmacist time for other functions. We've improved patient throughput in the ED, and we've done all of this in a very cost-effective manner. 
Another role I'd like to discuss is our medication safety technician. This, this certified pharmacy technician really refers to herself as a crime scene investigator. She's all about CSI and digging into the details of how errors have occurred. Um, she's paired with our medication safety officer, and uh, she's responsible for assisting the med safety officer in investigating all adverse drug reactions as well as medication errors. And she primarily works Monday through Friday days. All of our patient occurrences, as we call them, we have one system to document all risk management issues, and it's electronic, and I'm just providing an example of what that system looks like here. Now, when we were thinking of a person to, to occupy this role at our hospital, uh, we knew that it would be to our advantage to have a certified pharmacy technician that had worked in numerous pharmacy areas. And so the, the certified pharmacy technician that we have in this role today, she's worked at our hospital for 12 years. She's done a number of roles within the department. She's worked in our IV room. She's worked in our central unit dose area. She's worked in satellites. She's worked in adult areas, peds areas. And uh, that was really critical to us in, in making the decision of who's the right person because she really knows how to look for supplemental information that further clarifies the Med-Error report that's been turned in. You know, busy clinicians, they just want to, if, if, we're, if we're lucky, we'll get them to com communicate that something happened. But they may not attach all the additional information that helps really us understand what happened in the error in the first place. So, for example, it, you know, it might be necessary to actually find a copy of the medication label itself, um, take a picture of the product that was dispensed, make a copy of the MAR that led to the error being occur, uh, occurring, collecting lab data, those types of things. All of these pieces of information really enhance the decision-making for our med safety program. By having worked in numerous areas, our med safety tech is regarded really as an expert in knowing how and when systems might fall apart. She also knows what types of system changes are necessary to prevent errors from occurring again. And so there are a lot of times where she will contact our IS pharmacist to make changes in the pharmacy system that will then benefit us on down the line that doesn't even have to involve our med safety officer. A lot of times, uh, all, of her well, all of her documentation is uh, recorded and reviewed by the, ultimately reviewed by the med safety officer. Another skill possessed by this specialist, and, and really all of our certified pharmacy technicians, is the ability to collect data and produce graphical information that really helps reflect the, what's going on in each of our practice areas. Now, this has proven to be incredibly helpful, as you can imagine, because we, like most of you, are in constant performance improvement mode. And uh, being able to track and trend your outcomes is incredibly important. And that leads me to another common characteristic I'd mention about all of our specialists, and that's really the ability to take self-initiative. Uh, no one really asked her to learn the skill sets of creating these graphs. She went out and did it herself. She taught herself how to do it, and she really thought about the types of reporting that would be important to us from a leadership perspective. And uh, it's been incredibly helpful to us from a departmental perspective. We've experienced many benefits from a medication safety specialist. And as many of you know, the longer it takes to investigate a med error, the fuzzier it gets in our minds, and it's really hard to piece back together what actually occurred. So we've greatly benefited from the timely collection of information, um, really as well as the objectivity that having a third-party person kind of look at the process and not be involved in it and objectively look at how the system broke down. Uh, we've also benefited from having someone help us make sure that we've got adequate follow-up and closure to activities related to, to medication errors. It, it's, it's great to have a lot of ideas on how to improve the system, but if someone isn't actually making sure that we've changed the system as an outcome of this new information, might as well have not have invested the time in the first place. So she's really good about making sure that we've closed out all of the issues in relationship to errors. The last thing I'll mention is uh, by having a, a certified technician specialized in this role, we've also extended the value of our medication safety officer. Instead of our med safety officer, who used to dig into all the detail himself, 
he's now able to network quite actively with our risk management department and really think about medication use issues across the entire health system and not just the onesie twosies that are coming in. And so this has really elevated the value of our med safety officer as well. Okay, another question. The following best describes new employee training at my organization. Looks like 50% competency-based and everything. The other 50% split between on-the-job training, time permitting, and only the strong survive. You know, most places really don't have a well-organized training program in their organizations. And having an effective training program is, you know, essential, uh, very essential, because training orientation really are the easiest things to pull when times are tough. Um, it's easy to put them on the back burner when you've got several open positions. You need to really get people online and working very quickly. Now, with the number of technicians that we have and the number of ongoing system changes, along with the need to provide clarity and standardization to operations, and it was really essential for us uh, to have someone focus on education. Our education specialist is a certified technician with eight years of experience, and she has worked in numerous practice areas, just as the previous person that I mentioned. And she pro also primarily works Monday through Friday. Another good skill uh, trait that she has is she's an excellent communicator and writer. Our educational specialist has developed numerous tools for training new staff as well as ensuring that existing staff are trained to departmental standards for various positions. And this has greatly improved the quality, consistency, and reliability of our work. Uh, this is an example of uh, one of our position-specific training guides that she's developed. Now, we, we weren't really necessarily expecting this, uh, but the education specialist is also involved in developing training for our pharmacists. The, the area that this primarily occurs in is around order entry training and order entry verification training. Uh, but prior to us developing these order entry standards, most of the training was on the job and highly inconsistent. And as a result, it was very difficult to ensure that the pharmacy information system was being used to its full advantage. And it created great variability around the quality of our services. And through the actions of our education specialist, uh, we can now easily train employees, modify standards in a controlled way, minimize compliance and billing issues, and ultimately improve patient care. Having an education specialist has also resulted in many positive outcomes, and I've got some of them listed up here. This individual is always identifying and improving uh, and implementing solutions to improve our systems. She's also responsible for coordinating our technical school students. And as for the future, what we're, we're looking at is to really go forward with this model and fight this urge to place people online immediately. And I think what we're going to wind up doing is assigning all new employees to this educational specialist and so that she has ownership of them for several weeks to several months even to make sure that there is an advocate for new employees that can protect new employee training time before the managers get their hands on them and start throwing everybody into nooks and crannies and, and filling the, the holes that exist. So I think uh, by having an advocate for our new employees, this will be a great advantage. Next question. Who maintains quality assurance audits at your organization? Pretty fair mix. Uh, looks like pharmacists might be the lead and uh, technicians close behind that. Uh, third would be all of the above. So we've also created a quality assurance specialist at UNC Hospitals. And as you know, the number of regulations that continue to grow, both at the state and federal levels, everyone has their favorite thorn in their side from an accrediting organization. There are institutional-specific requirements, there are departmental-specific requirements, um, and all these things have to be audited in some way to ensure compliance with, with each of these regulations. 
And as a result, this certified pharmacy technician really has become, I would say, an invaluable member of our department and, quite honestly, our leadership team. This technician also reports to our med safety officer, as I mentioned earlier, and so the med safety officer has two individuals, two certified technicians reporting to him, our med safety technician and our quality assurance specialist. Uh, This individual works Monday through Friday, uh, mostly days as well. I am amazed at the number and types of audits that departments have to be responsible for, and it just continues to grow and grow and grow. So our quality assurance specialists actually create an extensive listing of the who, what, where, when, and how um, audits must occur to ensure that all these challenges are met. Um, and she's organized this in an easy-to-read follow, uh, way to follow and understand that I can even understand where we are in our quality audits. Now, as I mentioned previously, all the individuals in these specialist positions, they're they're really creative, innovative individuals. Uh, They self-initiate solutions, and they have good written and verbal skills. And I would say these are common traits across all of these positions that I'm describing. They're also very good with technology and reporting. Our quality assurance specialist tracks the results of her individual audits and produces trended graphical information, such as this right here. And uh, this particular example is looking at our compliance with sound-alike, look-alike drugs and making sure that they're segregated within our PIXIS technology. Um, Again, this was completely self-initiated. No one asked her to do this. She knew it was important to be able to know where we stood, and she, on her own, created this information. Another fun question. Who scares you the most? Your State Board of Pharmacy, the Joint Commission, CMS RAC auditors, or all of the above? It's like state boards of pharmacy are, are good, but I would say that all of the above is the clear winner in, in this one. So with, with all the activities that I've listed on, on this particular slide, uh, I really call this quality assurance insurance. And there are many benefits from having this type of position. And as the director, I, I really see this type of position uh, not only elevating the level of technician practice in our organization, but it allows me to function at a higher level as a director. We have somebody that actually has the time to devote to making sure that we're following our practices and ensuring that we're compliant with all these regulations that are out there. The last category I'd like to to review is the development of a decentralized pharmacy technician program. Now, the, the general premise behind this type of position is to place certified pharmacy technicians onto the patient care units to really act as an on-site drug distribution expert. Now, we're just in the beginning phases of this at UNC, but other places have implemented similar roles and have had great success. And generally, these types of technicians are assigned to patient care areas with some consideration as to the number of patients that are involved and the geographical proximity of the assigned areas. So taking into consideration similar things that you would do when you're looking at assigning a decentral pharmacist. Now, the reason that these types of positions are developing is due to an ongoing need I would say, to really elevate the level of practice of pharmacists and to further remove pharmacists from drug distribution-related activities. Now, UNC has always enjoyed a very strong clinical pharmacist, clinical specialist model at our organization. And a little over two years ago, we began really shrinking the number of pharmacists in our central pharmacy and displacing these pharmacists into patient care areas. And this was for several reasons, uh, which, which included expanding our hours of clinical service, providing continuity in clinical coverage, and really promoting job growth and increased job satisfaction for a broader group of clinical pharmacists. Now, at this time, we're getting very close to decentralizing our certified technicians um, for similar benefits that we saw with our pharmacists. 
Now, the vision that we have for this model at UNC is one in which pharmacy service lines will support specific patient populations. And pharmacy technicians will be assigned to a specific patient care team. And, and they'll consistently work um, with this common group of pharmacists, nurses, and physicians. And not only will they become familiar with their team, but they will become familiar with the unique needs of the patient populations that they're serving so they can optimize operations and really provide the highest quality of services within those patient care areas. Now, these certified pharmacy technicians will be the first line of contact for all drug distribution-related activities. So no longer would the nurse call the satellite or grab the closest pharmacist um, on their patient care use for missing doses. Uh, they would instead contact their assigned decentral pharmacy technician who would be responsible for tracking down a, a missing dose, looking for stat doses, coordinating uh, the pharmacy distribution efforts. And uh, this would be different from what most places do now, which is just send another missing dose to refill the one that's missing. So in particular, in our model, we would also have the, the decentral technicians be responsible for keeping medication areas and automated dispensing cabinetry really clean and organized. And this would hopefully minimize nursing confusion as to where to look for medications and also uh, hopefully reduce the likelihood of errors. So can this type of model be successful? Uh, Mark and others have studied the decentral technician model in an article published in 2008. And this was at the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center. And in this study, they really demonstrated some very positive outcomes from having this type of decentralized technician model. They documented improved drug distribution accuracy. They improved turnaround times. They decreased missing doses. They increased nursing satisfaction. And they increased clinical pharmacy time. So the pharmacist actually had more time to spend in patient care issues. Um, the, perhaps the thing that they noted the most of, though, was how happy the nurses were that the nurses had someone to go to for drug distribution-related issues. In closing, we have seen an infinite number of benefits from innovative technician roles. A better work schedule, increased salary. We've been able to increase our salaries. Increased job satisfaction has been critical for these individuals. Some of that comes from having autonomy. By having more autonomy, people feel a sense of ownership of the work that they're doing, and then that also relates to the quality of work. So we've seen a very large number of positive outcomes from this. And uh, on the back end, we've actually seen improved outcomes from our services, our systems, our clinical initiatives, and our ability to really improve the work that we provide at our organization. So I'll leave you with this final thought. How many of these advanced roles do you have at your institution? And if there aren't many, I want to challenge each of you to think about how do you create the right environment to begin growing these type of innovative roles. Certified technicians make sense in a lot of different areas. And I want to try to encourage my peers to really start thinking about technicians as a very strong alternative. And, and I'm a pharmacist, so I believe in pharmacy services, but I believe that technicians can really help advance the practice of pharmacy. That concludes this podcast. To complete the activity post-test, go to the ASHP Learning Center at http colon slash slash ce.ashp.org. Thank you for participating in this educational activity.